She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of She Loves Herself, the podcast. It's Friday, so I have another epic guest for you all to hear from today. But before I go on to talk about my guest this week, I want to share some information with you. So I have created an event called the Self Love Summit. So if you were listening to me on Instagram over the past couple of days, you will have heard me talking about this. And if not, and it's brand new to you, then listen up because you are going to want to be part of this event that I have created. It's on Sunday the 5th of June at 9.30am until 12.30pm. So it's three hours. That's BST, British Standard Time. It is an online event, so it is open to everyone. So even if you cannot make it, or you cannot make all of the three hours, you can still purchase a ticket and you can also um, be included in the parts that you can attend and you will also get a copy of the event. So you will get the call recording so that you can go back and do it. And you can actually repeat these things over and over again. So it's super exciting. So, and that applies for you if you're in a different time zone and you really want to be part of the self-love summit and be part of the events that are going to be happening in those three hours, then you can still purchase a ticket. The tickets are only £49, but for the next week, you guys are getting it for £10 off using a special discount code, which I will drop in the show notes for you all. It is SELFLOVE10 in capital letters, SELFLOVE10. That gets you £10 off at check out. I'm also dropping the link so you can purchase your tickets, but just let me quickly skim over who is going to be on the Self Love Summit. So I am going to be doing a live, live podcast interview. So if you are there, you are going to be part of that live interview. You're going to be seeing it happening in real time. The podcast interview is with the very, very beautiful Sarah Jean Dunn, who has been on her own epic self-love journey this year. Um, and so hearing from her is going to be amazing. She's also been on the podcast before. She's a brilliant guest. There is going to be breathwork and meditation by yours truly. So I'm going to guide you through a gorgeous self-love and very self-healing breathwork and meditation. There is going to be ecstatic dance and movement with my beautiful friend Lynette Gray. I've done a lot of work with Lynette before, so she's amazing. There is going to be a workshop um, with psychologist and author Sarah Gregg. So she's going to take you through a workshop all around flow. She is the author of Find Your Flow. She knows all things flow and she's going to get you into your flow on um, the self-love summit there is also going to be a healing your ancestral line ceremony with natalie smith who is another amazing healer and life coach um, and natalie's done some work with me before as well she's amazing and then at the very end i know i mean you're thinking actually how can you fit all of this into three hours i'm not quite sure how i'm going to do that yet but it's happening it's going to be amazing at the very end you are going to have um and and oh god this is the most amazing sound bath um to end 
the the self-love summit with the magical queen that is Cherub Sanson. So, so much, so much in those three hours. So as I said, even if you can't attend all of it, still purchase your ticket because even if you went to one of these things and you're able, able to only attain one, you are still getting so much value for your money, guys. So grab your ticket, links in the show notes or head to my website, jill-ritchie.com or go to Instagram, go to the link in my bio and purchase your ticket ASAP. Um, so, okay, let's move on to my guest today. My guest is Certified Holistic Sex and Love Coach, Katie Louise Alcock. Now, I am so delighted not only to be joined by Katie Louise because of her knowledge and her wisdom and what she is doing in the world right now, but because she was also a former one-to-one client of mine. So a few years ago, Katie came to work with me and she had done lots of work before she came to work with me. She's done lots of work since she's worked with me, but it is a never ending journey when we begin this process and um, what she has gone on and created in the past few years is just incredible. So you're going to hear a bit about her story and you are going to hear some methods and practices that you can actually use um, to help yourself navigate through, you know, healing your mother wound, healing healing the sister wound, healing through other trauma. Um, She talks about somatic practices. She is just absolutely wonderful, guys. This is a beautiful episode. And if you want to connect with Katie, connect with her on Instagram, um, at Katie Louise or go to her website katielouisecoaching.com all her links are in the show notes as well guys go give her a follow she is absolutely wonderful and I am absolutely in awe of what she has created in the last couple of years so without any further ado let's go into this episode and have an absolutely gorgeous weekend guys she loves herself with Jill Ritchie. Welcome to She Loves Herself, the podcast, Katie Alcock. Yes! Hello! (laughs) Oh, I am buzzing. We've got Katie on the podcast. Now, Katie, I actually, I think I shared with Katie two years ago that I wanted to create my own podcast. And I'd said to her two years ago, you know, when once you get all yourself going, like we'll get you on the podcast, and here she is, two years later. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> so, Katie, for the audience, this podcast has been running for about eighteen months now. So, for my audience who don't know who you are, please share with them who you are and what you specialize in. <laughs> Yeah, of course. So my name's Katie, as you just introduced, and I am a sex and love coach. So I've been, yeah, I'm specializing in female sexuality and conscious Mm -hmm. dating. Um, And that's just been like, yeah, really recent development, which is very different to what my career Mm. was before when I worked with you. So Mm. yeah, that's me. So I'm going to take you back, right? Because I mean, a sex and relationship coach and I love this and we'll dive into it. And when you said it's really recent, I guess there there is a lot of things that are recent for you in terms of you almost coming out as a, a sex and relationship coach. Mm-hmm. However, I've known you for a couple of years almost. 
And I feel like that was always in you. You've just almost birthed it. Like, I think that that was always there. So although it's recent that you've almost birthed this, this new identity of this coach, it's always been there since I've known you. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's so beautiful. Yeah. So I want to take you back. So you and I connected two years ago. What was life like for you before you became a sex and an intimacy and relationship coach? Oh, big loaded question. Straight to the honeypot. <laughs> Let's get in. Honeypot. Let's get in there. Um, I think... I, the first word that drops in, and I know it sounds really heavy, but like it's it was just chaos. Mm. There was no there was no center. There was no understanding of self, um, and I just found myself really whipped up with life. Even though I was kind of living this real, like Instagrammable life, it's the way that I'm that I'll describe it. In that I was a teacher traveling the world, like getting all these jobs in all these exotic places, meeting so many new people, having many different partners, you know, and coming back home every now and again to reconnect with family. Just ultimately, my life was just like, I don't even know how to put it into words. It was chaotic. Um, And essentially, what led me to this work was that chaos in just being able to understand why the fuck I just didn't know what to do in relationships. And I'm not just talking romantic relationships. I'm talking like essentially like like all relationships. I just could not seem to figure them out. Mm. Does that make sense? hundred percent. Yeah. And what do you think it was that, that almost felt like it lacked? Was it lack of connection in relationships, lack of trust? What was it for you mainly? Like all of the above, um, I don't think I realized just how like emotionally unavailable I was. Mm. Like this lack, this lack of like um, wanting to go deeper with people. In fact, like I'll just I'll pedal backwards on that a second. Like essentially, I'm really I was really good at like superficial connections. And also going deeper with people as well. But it was always about those people. It was never about myself. Now, it took me like a couple of years to truly understand that that's where my emotional unavailability lay. And I was like, what? When I had that that kind of boom moment, I was like, ooh, mm. that's a big one. That's yeah. a big one. Yeah. yeah. And what was that for you then? Was that... You know, you, you you mentioned relationships and and connections and trust. Mm-hmm. Where where do you think that? Because I, I talk a lot to people around because I, I I believe so much that there's so much work that from our childhood that we pick up our programs, all of the stuff that we believe are our things. But a lot of the time, we take on these beliefs from parents or perhaps things that we have witnessed. Was it the same for you, Katie? Do you believe that that was, had a huge part to play on how you went into relationships with people? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Big, big part. Um, I mean, you briefly know my story from when we worked together but just how just dealing with um abandonment from a parent so from my mother's side and experiencing um 
just like emotional unavailability from my father. And, and you know, I want to take a moment just to sort of say that like, I love both my parents deeply. I don't have massive contact with them, but I'm just like massively grateful for the fact that I'm here on this planet. And they're, they're the reason for that. But I do think um, just a lack of self-responsibility on their side, because they didn't know. They no. didn't know all the no. stuff that we know today. Yeah. Just leads to like so much wounding within the children. Um, mm. And it's our responsibility now, my responsibility to pick that up and just, mm. yeah, heal. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's not an easy journey, is it? I think, you know, when God, people say are that like, louder. Uh, it's not an easy <laughs> journey, but it is worth it. It is worth it, but it's not an easy journey. A lot of the time, I know we tend to, and I see this a lot and I've done it myself, we think things that are going on in our life are other people's fault. So we really put blame onto other people. She did this. He said that. That's why I'm the way I am. And whilst a lot of that may be the case, you said it is my responsibility and I had to take responsibility for it. And I think that's where a lot of people really struggle to say, well, well, how do I, how do I actually start to take responsibility for that? What was your point when you started? Because I know when, when you came to work with me a couple of years ago, you'd already been doing quite a bit of work. You'd worked with a couple of other people. So did you know at that point when you started to research and, and, and understand it, that you were like, right, I have to, I have to work on this for me? Um. I won't say like when I did come to you, like I knew what I was doing. In fact, in fact, like ready for today, I actually looked back at some old journals and I was like seeing some of the journal things that I'd written. And the main theme was just like, <laughs> I know what, like I hear of self-love, but I don't know what the fuck it is. That was like a really common sentence. Mm. I was like, what on earth is fucking self-love? Like, what do mm-hmm. I do? How do I do it? Yeah. And I re- I recognize now, like reflecting back, when I did come to work with you, I'd just been through this like um initiation sort of the year before. And without realizing it, I think I was just in the depth of shadow work and just not knowing like mm-hmm. when this dark night was gonna end. Um mm-hmm which you, you supported me through. So thank you so much. Oh, <laughs> and, you and, I know, and it was so lovely to work with you because, you know, you're a strong character, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you've got this incredible energy, but you don't hold back. You say what you think, you know, and you, you'll, you'll, you'll hold that, that energy of real um, strength, real strength of, I was going to say there was a more masculine energy. I, I get this, right? Because the, the, the masculine energy for me was my safety. Mm. So uh, to go into the feminine energy almost felt, and it, this sounds weird, right? Because I'm a female, okay? And I identify as a female. However, I always felt safer in the masculine because it almost protected me and I I can I definitely remember that with you it felt safer for you almost to protect yourself in that space would you agree Katie 
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really common actually for a lot of women, not to overgeneralize, but we just seem to put this masculine shielding over, over our hearts essentially, just so that we're, we're protected. We don't know what it's going to be protected from. We just feel like we need to carry it and essentially our blocks connection as we've just been discussing. So yeah so talking about blocking connection yeah how did you manage Katie because then we we sort of stopped working together but we always would message now and then but you've been on a big journey in the last two years since you and I were connected how did you manage to almost let that shield down a little bit to step into really the, the feminine energy of your sexuality and and honoring it not pushing it away or creating stories around it or fears around it like it feels like for you and I've been watching you recently and it's a joy to watch you because you're really in that space I mean I looked on your website and I'm going to drop all your website and your details (sighs) in the show notes you're such a goddess in that like so beautiful like there's a real shift how did you drop the wall to let that in Took a lot of work. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. Um, I think essentially it was just deeply going inwards and trusting within my own masculine and female energies and just knowing, having a fully embodied feeling that whatever was going on in the world, those parts of me had me. So my own masculine had me. He was going to be able to hold everything that was going on, which then allowed, as I cultivated this really strong, gorgeous masculine energy, which then allowed my feminine to just suddenly go, <laughs> and let out like every, all of the emotion that's been kind of trapped in there for years and be able to just flow and create and oh, soften. God, mm, I can feel that from you. It's gorgeous. <laughs> that softening. It just doesn't feel like there's as much fear there anymore. Mm, you know, no. to to trust, especially with women. Because going back to when we were working together, you know, it was I remember us having conversations around trust and being around the the you know a woman and, and having that safety and trust there. Um how is that for you now? Yeah, I love that you've brought that up, the the, the sisterhood wound. Mm. Yeah, it was ma- <laughs> massively prevalent in my life. Um, and I'll be I'll be completely honest with you, it still takes ongoing work now. I don't I don't think essentially due to my trauma from my childhood, I'm not entirely sure that that sisterhood wound will ever fully go away. Mm. It does take consistent work. But just reminding myself that not everybody else is out to get me. So, yeah, really establishing connections with people that I can genuinely trust. I've also done the work as well. Um, Mm. And just knowing that ultimately, like this sisterhood womb that's prevalent across the world, it doesn't have to dictate our lives. Remember, the patriarchy is out there to separate us. And if we keep like buying into this concept of like hating other women or not trusting other women, we are reinforcing that and causing like more separation. Yeah. 
And fuck that. We don't want to separate. (laughs) I know. And I think the more work that you do, the more responsibility you take for your stuff, the easier that gets. But I love that you said it may never go away, but it's that part of you that almost feels like you you make friends with it. You see, this is, you know, this is fear. This is an old wound and let's give it lots of love and, you know, caring and and compassion because it is a real feeling when it comes up, right? Of, I don't know if I trust this person and I don't feel safe. Safety is one of my core values. And I know recently I've had to let something go because it was a full body no for me when I went into it. And I haven't been triggered like that in years, years, but my whole body was like, whoa, I didn't feel safe. And and I had to let go of that, even though there was a financial implication of letting go of it. And there was this little part of me that was saying, yeah, but you know, you said you were going to do this thing for a year and now you're walking away from it. But actually, I think it is going into that part of you to, you must self-honor. You Mm. must self-honor. So if you don't feel safe, it is really, it's not just about saying, I don't feel safe because it might just be an old thing that you need to just go in and give a little bit of time and space to, but it's honoring your body, right? And I want to dive into that with you because you are now in this whole space where sexuality, intimacy, this is such a huge thing and it's still a thing that's really not talked about an awful lot, especially Mm. in the UK. I don't hear, see a lot of it. And it's still such a taboo, shame subject. Mm. I think it's amazing that you've gone into it because I know that you're going to help so many women and ultimately men and children. And, you know, it's the ripple effect that this has on one individual taking that, you know, taking that step into that space. What allowed you to cultivate enough safety for you to take that step and move into that space, Katie? Oh, good question. What allowed me to create enough safety? Just ultimately embodying, embodying the work Mm. first. I think I don't, I don't honestly remember, like when I looked into the course I studied, I remember thinking like, this is something that we should be taught in school. Yeah. Like, this is something we should be taught in school. Okay. How can I be a positive impact? How can I like teach this work? So I went into it quite tentatively, like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, let's, let's have a look. And part of the course is embodying the work yourself before going ahead and teaching it. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, like the way that course is structured is fucking beautiful because it allows you to embody that work and ultimately create this safety within yourself as you go, Mm -hmm. which is just so beautiful. Um, I love what you were just saying earlier about like connecting to the sensations in your body understanding like what was a full-blown no for you Mm. and that's essentially like what is at the crux of safety is at the crux of this work like being able to recognize that at any point during the day any point we can simply just get quiet turn inwards and connect to what's going on yeah it's really beautiful and it is 
And I feel like there's so many of us that just give our power away. We believe the answers are outside of us. We ask the opinions of 10 other people rather than going in and cultivating self-trust. And there, there's so much power and wisdom within. Um, for, for you going into that space to allow yourself to go on that journey, was there any point on that journey that you thought, uh-uh, this isn't for me or was it always I know this is right even though you know there might be triggers here this is this is like a a total yes for me yeah 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 so I wouldn't say a total yes at all points um I know during one part of the studies we were going into um yoni dearmoring I don't know if you know mm, much about yeah that, I've but, done it yeah and that that um, particular module for me was was pretty pretty mm-hmm. intense. Um, I didn't realize how much as women, how much we store within our pelvic floor and our vagina. It's mm-hmm. it's still mind blowing to me yeah. to this day. So I would say that particular module that week was a little bit shaky for me, but I there was something within. I won't say a voice. There was a voice within. There was there was just a feeling within me. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is something that's challenging me, but I can definitely grow from it. And when I got through it and recognized the beauty that came out of it, I was like, oh my God, everybody needs to know about this. Yeah. Like just within me, it just kept me going. Like, oh my God, I just need to pass on this work to other people. Like yeah. I don't say it lightly when I say like, this work quite literally has changed my life. Oh, goosebumps. Yeah. Just let, <sighs> and I don't, I don't, you know me. I'm I know you bullshit. don't, you don't bullshit. That, you do not bullshit for sure. So when you're saying that, I'm feeling it because mm. I love that. And when it's life changing like that, I've said this to people, it's not just your life, it's the people that you then touch. It's the people that you can then help on that journey. And Katie, mm. there are so many women that do struggle in this space but hold so much shame or don't know where to start. Like, who do I go to about this? Is it safe to talk about this? And it's it's so sad in a way because there's many that will just never do anything about it and live their life almost half a life Mm. where actually what do you believe like when you can connect to the yoni and its full capacity and really heal what does that feel like you know when someone's maybe been numb to that because I know for me for years there was a real disconnect I could connect to all the other chakras all of this stuff boom when it came to there, it was just like there was this numb disconnect. I'm like, right, what, what? But when I started to reconnect it, I felt like colours were different. Like everything felt brighter. And I know that sounds so cheesy and fake, but it's the truth. Like I felt like I was singing and moving a bit more. Like what was it like for you? Yeah, just 
insane, incredible, ecstatic. Like pleasure was never something that was truly available to me. I don't think I, similar to you, I was very numb for years. I didn't recognize it. So Mm -hmm. I didn't recognize that I was so numb. So slowly as I began, began to like unlock different parts of my body, including my throat, like, cause you yeah. know, there's a throat yoni connection. They look alike. Have you ever seen the inside of a throat and inside of a yoni? They're so alike in yeah. a diagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So unlocking those different parts of me, um, moving more into my feminine, I just start again, not the similar to you in like experiencing different colors, but just like food tastes better. Yeah. And like pleasure it's just so like suddenly I'm just so turned on by like small subtle touches and before I was just like not at all into that but wow just incredible and no wonder you want to help people in this space right because it unlocks something really special what do you think why or why do you think it's happened that over years so many women have disconnected and switched off to that space? Patriarchy, man. Mm, yeah. yeah. Just years of having to feel like we have to survive rather than thrive. Mm. Um, being told that we have to like look a certain way, particularly during sex, like it all becomes quite performative, desensitised, not being educated on the facts that Sex is such a sacred, beautiful portal of an act. And the fact that our yonis bring life to this planet and are a portal in themselves to to life, to ecstasy, we're just not educated. And I think, yeah, we just need to move forward and be able to like understand it a little bit more and yeah, move into life moving to love yeah and it's it's interesting because when we are so connected manifestations of what we desire because we're always manifesting a lot of the time it's not what we want right enough but um when we're in that pleasure pleasure space things just flow like we can drop in things mm-hmm. land really like you 10x your manifestation power when you're in that place what I will say though for me when you talked about the the trust with you know and if that's something that you might always go back to and have to nurture that's for me the sexuality that that part I I think it's always something I'll have to work on it doesn't um I think it because it had been switched off for so long Mm. actually it's I have to make this conscious effort to say okay set time aside for you know I don't wake up like oh I'm so horny right now and I actually do need to set time and that's full transparency I have to say right okay this is my time to connect with myself Mm. not like in a robotic way I sound like okay now but I mean like I do have to make the effort to to go into that space yeah but and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that like I think we've been told as women by society that we've got to sort of be ready to be switched on at any moment, you know, like ready Mm -hmm. to go. But 
living such busy lives, like we do need to set time aside for ourselves to connect with our bodies in whatever way that looks like. Um, one way that I do this um, is with a morning practice. So it's not necessarily going straight into self-pleasure or masturbation. It's just taking time in the morning that I know is definitely for me and just connecting, just seeing what's going on. And if that turns into self-pleasure, beautiful, but there's never any pressure on it, never any pressure. Love that you said there's never any pressure because I think, again, I want to ask you about this. When a couple are, you know, say you're in a relationship longer term, there's this pressure to orgasm. You know, mm. oh, you know, we need to have sex, we need to orgasm. But what I hear a lot in, in the studies that I've been doing more recently is that don't make orgasm the goal. Yeah, I'd love to hear your kind of take on that, Katie. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> take take away the goal. It takes away the pressure. And just like learning to move through the peaks and valleys of, of pleasure together, it becomes such a beautiful like meditation, such a gorgeous healing experience for both mm. people, rather than just pounding ready for the orgasm. Yeah. You can turn it into a bit of a beautiful meditation and it's just chef's kiss. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so for someone who wants to bring back that pleasure, wants to connect, but feels kind of switched off. Mm. You talked about a morning practice. What kind of things would you do in that morning practice or someone that's listening to this and they're like, oh, I want to do a morning practice. That sounds quite good. What kind of things could they start doing? Yeah, absolutely. Like morning practice is something that I'm so passionate about. Um, and it, for me, every day it looks different, mm. like for full transparency. So first thing that I'll do when I wake up, the majority of people just tend to reach for their phone and go into somebody else's reality rather than yeah. being in their own. So first thing in the morning, what can you do? Just simply be with your body, breathe, notice what's coming up. If there's any emotion stirring from like the night before or from sleep and tune into like what you need in that moment. Now, as an example from this morning, my morning practice today I woke up and I was feeling some like residue of like anxiety. I didn't put a story to it because you yeah. don't need to. I stood up, I did some somatic release, so some shaking, some dancing, and just really let my feminine come out. So breathing, moving, and sounding are all three like key tenets of embodiment. Now, it sounds strange to some people, but allowing the emotion to flow through you in this way is so cleansing, so cleansing. Mm. Now you could do that for around five to 10 minutes, whatever feels good for you. And then once you've been in your feminine aspect, you want to introduce like a little bit of the masculine. So what is the masculine stillness purpose? So introducing some meditation. That's what I did this morning. Mm. 20 minutes of stillness just to observe the sensations within the body. So just to notice what emotions are present today. It's not some kind of like purging where I just need to get rid of it. No, it's to observe and witness. That in itself is such beautiful self-intimacy. 
that will carry you through the rest of the day. And if you're still tender after, after the practice, fair enough. If you feel excellent after the practice, fair enough. It's just giving yourself that time to tune in and let your soma, your body know, like you are a priority here. Before I give to anybody else, you are the priority. Mm. And then afterwards, I did a little bit of journaling, a little bit of reflection, but it changes every day. I love that. I love it. And um, it, do- and it doesn't sound weird at all. And anyone that sort of worked with me or, or that's listening to this, I talk about somatic work a mm. lot because, um, you know, the shaking and the dancing and the movement and it's so powerful. And you mentioned sound, mm. or, you know, and again, when you say sound, I know what you mean. But for any other listeners, when you talk about sound, talk us through what that can look and feel like for someone to do it. How would they, when they go sound, oh, what does she mean by sound? Yeah. So as you're moving um, and keeping yourself out of your mind, allow yourself to like drop into your body, which takes some practice. Mm-hmm. So rather than overthinking it, you'll notice as you move that naturally you'll want to make some authentic sounds. Now, this could come out in small moans. You might not feel, you might not want to sound anything at the beginning, but as you access deeper layers of yourself, deeper layers of trauma, this could also come out as like screaming. Yeah. So sounds that, that aren't necessarily like accepted within society, mm. but allowing yourself to express them in this way, it's helping your nervous system come back to what we call a parasympathetic state. So the calm state that will take you through the day. Yeah. I love it. And I, I mean, I definitely feel into this and I, I did a, a similar practice a few weeks ago when I was away and my nervous system had been really triggered around something. And again, it was that thing I was talking about before when I was a full body, no. And I went into it and the sound that was deep, it was like a really deep, it didn't even sound like me. Mm. But I, and again, touching on something that you said, it's not putting a story to it, not allowing the mind to hijack because the mind, what, what is that you're doing? You know, what, why are you making that sound? That's weird. You know, I love it. This is body work. And it's allowing you to go into the body rather than the mind. And again, touching on something that you said, which I think is really important for people listening to this. This does take practice. Remember, you may have never done this before. And it's like when you've maybe started meditation, the first, you know, 10 times maybe doing meditation, you're thinking about all these other things. And I still have moments where my mind wanders depending on what's going on. But it's it's practice and it's like building that muscle, that trust muscle with your body. And the more that you can drop into the body, the more trust is there and the quicker, it, it, then it gets quicker. You can just drop in and a pretty much a millisecond. And then you're like, oh, the body's showing me something and you just start to go with it. But it's like anything, practicing it, like having a routine where you're doing this, it's, it is a game changer, Katie, like having a, a powerful morning routine. And you've you've definitely inspired me to go back in and do more of the, the feminine practices. I do little bits. And I was I went through a period this year for months of doing um of doing it every day. 
And then I kind of fell away for about six weeks, not doing it so much, doing other morning stuff, but not so much in the feminine. And actually, that's what I said. I need to always remind myself, do this, you know. And again, it's even, I remember a coach saying to me, just even going slow, like Mm. noticing when you're walking, are you walking fast on a mission? Slow down and just breathe into each step that you take and start to notice the changes you start to walk, even to the bathroom, to the kitchen, to make a cup of tea, whatever it is you're doing, pause and just take a breath and start to move slowly. Yeah, I love that. I really love that. That's actually something that I teach, like how can you slow down? How, like, how... If you really loved yourself, if you could be in your feminine for just one moment, like, how would you move? How do you dress? How do you speak to others? How do you speak to yourself? Can you, like, just for a minute, pause and feel the sun on your skin? Or, like, just smell something, like, really smell the flowers or smell the sea. Like, just take it all in. It's beautiful. Mm. Hmm. connecting to the senses then yes. and it's it's what you hear as well often we don't really hear anything you know if we're out walking we might just you know put our music and there's nothing wrong we're going out and listening to music but often it is just taking the headphones out and just listening what can you hear and it's incredible because sometimes you'll be like oh well I hear the road I hear the cars what else can you hear hmm. okay well I hear the birds what else can you oh gosh, right, I hear my footsteps, oh, I hear the wind. And suddenly you can hear 10 different things when you really tune in to this incredible vessel that you have, like your body, your your senses, your, your breath, you can hear your breath, but we're so focused on the outward focused and the doing rather than in the being. Mm. That's so true, that's so true. Mm-hmm. Another like beautiful practice you can do if you find yourself getting caught up in this like doing mode is if you can just catch yourself for one second and simply like bring your awareness to your heart space. This is something I do quite often in the current environment where I'm living. It is very often just bring my awareness to my heart and just simply breathe. How can I open my heart a little bit more in this moment? How can I connect with not only with the sounds, the taste, the textures, but can I open myself to a little bit more? Can I breathe that open? Can I allow it in? It's a gorgeous feminine practice. I'm doing it right now as you're talking. I'm like, oh yeah, how can I, how can I just let love in more? Like, and I say to clients sometimes, you know, when we're we're triggered, asking ourselves the question, you know, how can I love more? Or what would happen if I loved more in this situation? And it just allows us to connect more to that softness, that heart, rather than being in the mind. Um, God, you've got such a gorgeous camera. I'm like, oh, I just want to like kick back and do some like soft, gentle breathing and movement, <laughs> Katie. <laughs> Katie, what what are you working on right now? What's you know what's going on? I know that you're kind of. I've had a look at your website. What's the plans over the next sort of three to six months for you? Mm, Yeah, thank you for asking. 
So I'm currently offering one-to-one mentorship and I'm just working on a group program as well, continuing my own levels of embodiment. So really continuing this practice and as well as like studying further as well. So I'm still diving deep into my studies um, with the course I was doing. I've just kind of extended that a little bit and yeah, just being with clients, Mm -hmm. getting creative, it's yeah. so good yeah it's gorgeous and you know you talked about pulling maybe together a group program and one-to-one and if someone wanted to work with you one-to-one is that what would that kind of or, or even in group what would that kind of look like would they work with you for sort of three months six months is, is it one-off sessions how would that look yeah so at the moment I offer a one-to-one program for three months mm. um And we do a weekly session for 12 weeks. And the group program, I'm still kind of in the creation mode of it. Mm -hmm. So I can't really reveal much so far. It's so gorgeous. You're going to help so many people. Um, yeah. Yeah. And how can people connect with you? What's the best way? So you can come over to my Instagram page at Mm -hmm. iamkatie.louise or visit my website, katielouisecoaching.com. Yeah, they're the best ways to get in touch with me. Send me a little DM. Don't be shy. I love that. And, you know, I want to see more from you because you're, yeah, you've got this beautiful, this is just so you. I remember having a conversation (laughs) with you a couple of years ago saying, I could see you doing something like that. And you're like, really? Yeah, but you, mm. you, I, did you not study like Tantra and stuff like that before as well? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've been, I've been a student of Tantra like for just over three years now. Mm. And I think like, that's what I mean when I was working with you, I was in the depths of this like shadow work that Tantra had brought up and I just didn't know where I was going with it because I didn't have any mentors around me due to the country that I was in at the time, as you know. Um, but yeah, now it's just kind of solidified within my studies. And sometimes I do things without realizing that I know other people will benefit from, but they're just such routine to me. Yeah. So it's nice, it's nice to be on here just talking about it, you know, like I mean it's routine to you, but there's millions that it's like that need this, that need you to be showing up and 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 you know, creating that space for people to to essentially transform and, and change their life and really come home to the the essence of who they are because there's so many parts of us that lay dormant and if we just tap into that even just a little bit wow it's magical do you know I was going to just I know I'm kind of I'm going to jump back because I need to ask you about this you're in Oma right you that's where, where you reside I'm on yeah man sorry that's in Ireland Oma <laughs> <laughs> oh gel I knew what I meant in my head oh man oh man that's that yeah that's it yeah oh man okay so culturally though for women and their sexuality there do you find that difficult to navigate through you know how or how do you 
Fantastic question. How long have we got left on the podcast? Oh, we're fine. <laughs> we're fine. I, can, I know because I, I, I imagine women being sexual, never mind talking about it and teaching it the way you do, mm. being in that culture. Whew. Yeah. Where can I start down from like the way that women dress? the way that they conduct themselves in public, the huge, like, patriarchal vein running through this side of the world. It's all over the world, but here in particular, it's difficult. How do I navigate it? Um, Using all of the knowledge that I've accustomed over the last three years, again, bringing it back to my body, ensuring that I've got, like, that I create a life full of pleasure for myself, um and just allowing myself to let things go that I can't control. Um, I'll give you an example. So for me to get anything done on my car here, I always need a man holding my hand because you if I go to a garage kind of alone as a, mm-hmm. a single white woman, it's really difficult to get any kind of service. Like men don't necessarily want to communicate directly with you. Or if you do go there, you're often charged sort of twice, three times the price of what a, a, an Omani might be charged. So yeah, it's it can be difficult, but again, bring it back to the heart space, recognizing that their experience and the way that they treat me is not personal. Mm. It's never personal. But what I can do is manage my own behavior um, and just be, and it sounds a bit woo-woo. And as I'm saying this, I'm probably going to vomit after this call, but <laughs> just, just being like a conduit of love, mm-hmm. just always being present in love. I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. I'm not saying I'm perfect. Just recognizing that there's another like soul at the other end of it. They're just trying to survive as well. And it's the same, the same with all, all of the patriarchal themes here. Yeah. And I guess as what you're saying is you're only really responsible for you and the action you take and how you show up. Yeah, which loops around to what we were talking about at the beginning, just taking like real, authentic self-responsibility of your experience. It's Uh, It's huge. It's huge. Oh, this has been amazing. Thank (sighs) you so much for coming on. What a joy to have you on. We'll need to get you back on again. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Katie, just an absolute pleasure. It's just Mm -hmm. incredible to witness you, to see you in this space. This is where you're supposed to be. Like you, I, I truly believe you're here to help so many women. Um, and this work and had you not gone on this journey perhaps you wouldn't be doing what you're doing now so you know your own personal journey that makes you unique and fantastic at what you do so thank you so much for coming on thank you thank you